This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have with this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast today is Mike Schneider, co-founder and CEO of First. I became fascinated by this this combination of vertically targeted software and machine learning platforms that uh, could power previously unimaginable products. The big idea here is that in this industry, an industry where most business, over 75% of business comes through a relational connection, we actually have the opportunity to target people's outreach and their time. So when you're in a service business where, where you are the, the un, what I would call an undifferentiated service provider, your connections matter and your time is the most limited thing in terms of generating business. And so the big idea is that we actually know who is most likely to sell thanks to a lot of the models we've built. We also know uh, that you as a service provider, as a real estate agent, have an incredibly valuable asset in your network and we know how likely those people are to work with you based on their relationship with you. So that combination of those two things uh, means we can make your time 10, uh, 10 times more productive in terms of who you should be talking to today. This is Mike, CEO and co-founder of FIRST, a data science company that helps real estate agents to win more business by focusing their time on the right relationships across their network. Prior to starting FIRST, Mike worked at a private equity firm working on pipeline deals and doing financial and market due diligence. It's from working in this space that got Mike fascinated with the world of AI and machine learning, which is exactly why he left the VC world to start first. Their claim, fundamentally changing how service providers find their next customer, triggered me. Hence, I invited Mike to my podcast. And we explore what's required to differentiate in the world of real estate and the reasons why top agents are missing two-thirds of their deals from people they already know. From here, we take the discussions further about what's required to transform the impact agents can make and how the combo of intelligence augmentation and human connections can make an unbeatable combination. From listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that in order to formulate your V1 version, it's critical to do deep customer discovery, thereby looking beyond the known conventions and patterns. It's not so much about what's predictable, but more about what's unpredictable. Secondly, why providing all the answers to the problem with your product is often only half the solution. Changing behavior is the other half. That's where the real impact is made. Thirdly, that creating a compelling vision is key to stay focused, to stay on track and deliver impact. So much that it could lead to a product that is so valuable that your customers don't want to talk to anyone about it because it has become the secret to their success. 
Well, Mike, thank you for being on this podcast. Um, do you want to share the, 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 the real big idea behind your company? But before we start, can you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and, and how you ended up where you are today? Sure. So, yeah, my name is Mike Schneider, and uh, I'm the CEO currently of a company called First. But my background uh, was in, similar to you in software, and then I jumped into the uh, venture capital space in early stage VC. Uh, we were investing both here in the U.S. and in Southeast Asia. And uh, through that, got really interested in one of our companies that was doing very well that was powering uh, a lot of different platforms that were sending over data to be cleaned for their machine learning algorithms. And so I got really uh, stuck okay. into the, the world of uh, machine learning. I uh, got to become friends with the first uh, data engineer at Netflix who built out their data science team, and then he moved over to Stitch Fix and did that there. And I became fascinated by this, this combination of vertically targeted software and machine learning platforms that uh, could you know, power previously unimaginable products. So that's why I jumped out of the fund to start first. But that's a little bit about me. It's been from, from software to, to VC now back to, uh, to startup. Interesting. Yeah, this combination is, uh, is good. And you end up from one thing into the other. And at the end, you, you find your, your big thing. So can you can you share what's the big idea behind first? So uh, sure, the the big idea here is that in this industry, an industry where most business over seventy five percent of business comes through a relational connection, we actually have the opportunity to target people's outreach and their time. So when you're in a service business where where you are the the un, what I would call an undifferentiated service provider. Your connections matter and your time is the most limited thing in terms of generating business. And so the big idea is that we actually know who is most likely to sell, thanks to a lot of the models we've built. We also know uh, that you as a service provider, as a real estate agent, have an incredibly valuable asset in your network. And we know how likely those people are to work with you based on their relationship with you. And so that combination of those two things uh, means we can make your time 10, uh, 10 times more productive in terms of who you should be talking to today. That's the 10x again, yeah. 10, 10 times more productive. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. If you look at, uh, I mean, I live in an area here in Spain that when I came here, I was used to the Netherlands where people, the, the, the real estate agents have sort of a, a, a monopoly. If, if you work yeah. with a client, you work as the only exclusive, uh, right? player. Yeah. But you go to Spain, for example, you could have 10 brokers working for you. So it's really right. competitive here. I was coming from, yeah. from a town that was... I mean, you would have like five real estate brokers for, for 20, 30,000 people max. Wow. And I'm living now in a town that had, when I came in 2008 or nine, had 250 brokers for a town of approximately 20,000 people. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's here, so here in the US, it's the second largest group of 1099 contractors. So of, of individual exactly. kind of business owners. So there's, there's almost 2 million of them in the US. So yeah, it's very, very competitive, uh, very hard to differentiate. And, and really that comes down not to how good your marketing is, but uh, whether or not you're connecting with people at the right time and able to you know, help them through that exactly. transition. Yeah. So you, you have found a solution or you found an idea that you're building on that is kind of finding those, uh, yeah, those unique uh, examples in the marketplace before they've, re they've even reached out to a broker to, to help them, correct? That's right. That's right. So since people move so infrequently, knowing where you should have a conversation is the difference in you winning a deal and not. And I, it really came home for me as a consumer. I finally understood why 
why the conversation is so important because I've used the same real estate broker for three different transactions. We bought a rental property and others. And uh, I thought, you know, there's, there's literally no marketing that a real estate agent could send me. There's not a postcard or an email or, or you know, a newsletter that's going to convince me that this agent is better than the one I've worked with. Right. Nope. But then one day my oldest daughter is coming up on school age and my wife came home and said, Hey, I've been talking to some people at kindergarten and one of them is a real estate agent. We're going to see some homes because we're looking at different school districts. And sure enough, that agent wins our business, right? Because she was in conversation with my wife at the, at the right time. And the others were just sending out marketing. And so I think that's the, the really interesting thing. I think the same is true with, when you look at financial advisors and, and other you know, kind of high, high paid service providers is that it really comes down to how well you connect. A lot of what we're buying is not just a transaction, but someone that we trust. And so in that, in that universe, it's not about marketing automation. Right. I think the last wave of technology was kind of forms-based, lead-based automation. But a, a really interesting research study just came out last week here in the U.S. that the number of people who connected with their real estate agent from online lead sources was the same last year that it was 10 years ago. And so really? it was very, very, yeah, it was 9%. It was the same it was 10 years ago. Now it's, it peaked in 2012, where it was up to, to 12%, but it's come back down. And I think that just goes to show how how just the more automation we throw out there, the more noise it creates. And, the, and, and increasingly, that means that the human connection stands out. Exactly. That's true. So, so how does it work? I mean, we love this part. So we started off with the, the, the challenge of how do we help an agent better leverage their time? And the, the interesting thing here is that I, I don't know of any other industry that's like this. And, and may, uh, some of this is also limited to the U.S., but You know, if we were selling shoes, Tana, we were thinking about how we could better market, you know, our shoes for Zappos. We don't necessarily know that that my brother walked out the door and bought shoes across the street at a store, right? But in real estate, you know every single transaction that happens because it's public record across the entire country. And so what's fascinating from a data science perspective, as I started talking about this problem with my data scientist friend, was that this is a it's it's a binary classification. They either sold or they didn't. And that's and it's a and it's a very clean target variable. So if we were trying to predict you know, what movie you should watch next, it's very hard to know if we were right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, in this case, it's very obvious if we were right or not. And so what, what's fun about that is it becomes one massive optimization problem. You can throw as much data into it as you want and see how much better are we getting every month at predicting the people who actually listed their home this month, right? Yeah. And so that makes it a very, very unique and exciting problem. And we, we actually now have the best model on who is going to sell six to 12 months from today. And so I can take a, any zip code in the United States and put it through our model. And this has been true over the last almost two years now. If I take the top 3% of that, what that model prints out, every third person is going to sell. Normally, it would be every 17th or 20th, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that is a, that's a remarkable change. And here's what it means for a real estate agent is that's great as part of the story. But like I said, if I just hand that list to you as a real estate agent and you go send postcards or whatever, you're not going to convert many of them. So we actually pair that with the other side of the equation that is that is equally, maybe more important, certainly more more unique in terms of our data set. And that is we we have real estate agents connect their email and their LinkedIn and their you know phone contacts and all this with our system. And we're able to understand of the you know 700 past clients you've worked with and the 3,000 people you have some level of relationship with, you know what does your relationship look like? And so I, it, it becomes this two by two matrix. If, if two people are both five times likely to sell, but you know one of them three times better than the other, you know, that person is 15 times more important for you to call 
than some random person on a, on a street or that came in from a lead, lead form. Does that make sense? So that's how the, the system works is it's looking at both hundreds of factors across that we've found across the U.S. that we track on 214 million people. So it's things like income changes and purchasing and how, how much they still owe on their mortgage and how long they've owned the home. And we even have some life event data, you know, job changes and new births and things like that. Yeah. And so all that is tracking everyone. And so we're, we're, we're constantly identifying who's next. But then the way that we provide, serve that up to our partners is by looking at their relationships and saying, these are the people that you should have a conversation with next. Right. Rather than, uh, than just kind of turning this into uh, one more marketing tool to just blast neighborhoods, we actually start with the relationship. And I like to say that we've actually discussed, we've discovered that the relationship is not some uh, bug in the industry to, to try to out market. It's actually a feature. It's what we as consumers are looking for is someone that we know, like trust to h- help yeah. with this you know, incredible transaction. And so, uh, you know, our, our tagline is that, that conversations are what, what win clients, not campaigns. So that, that's that's it in a, in a very simple nutshell. Yeah. Never lose another client. It's another one I saw on your website. That's right. So practically how it works, Tan, is if you were to sign up with us today, you would actually just click four or five times to connect your Gmail or your Outlook, your phone and all that. And then our system goes out and we actually take all of those contacts. We match them to the property they own. So that's a, that's another piece. And then we serve it up to you very much like one of these dating apps with just here are the 10 people you should call today. And you can swipe through them and say, no, not this person. I just talked to them or I don't really know them or swipe to the right if you do. Uh, and then we actually add in some additional services because we found that our customers are very busy. And so if we can make phone calls for them or, or do any of that, we actually let them hand it off to an assistant that we power. Okay. Is it, by the way, a connection? Because you, you said it's 10xing their time which is very helpful because now you can suddenly deal with, um, with many more people, but also, of course, many more people that are actually in the market. Is yeah. there also a connection with, with the, the win rate then? Because, I mean, I think you already is. highlighted the, the point, of, uh, the example with your wife. Yeah, and we're still early. Uh, so we're in the, the you know, high hundreds of clients, not in tens of thousands yet. So some of these data points are too small to conclusively say we have, okay. we've led this number of people to transact that wouldn't have otherwise. We just don't have enough data to be significant on that. What we can tell you though, is how much more, how, how many more people we are putting them in contact with who sell, right? Back to our, since we know everyone who does sell. And so one quick anecdote there is one of our early customers was saying, uh, I sat down with him after he'd been on the platform for a few months. I said, Adrian, how's it going? He said, well, I'm trying to figure out what emails I should be sending. I said, well, what do you normally do to connect with people? And he said, I get coffee. So we took the top 20 people and two of them, he said, you know, I'm not really interested in these, but he, he actually had coffee with 18 of them over the following <laughs> month and a half. And five of them ended up selling with him. And statistically in this area, it was, you know, about a 5% move rate. So statistically less than one of them would have sold, but he ended yeah. up winning five clients from 18 coffee meetings. And so that's what I mean in terms of the, the productivity of their time. It's actually not worth his time to go on 100 coffee meetings to maybe get five deals. But it is worth his time to go on 18 and win five. Does, does that exactly. make sense? So all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden yeah, there's now a better way to work because of this product that's working for them in the background. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pure productivity. That's what you want. So how did you end up with the idea? What was the aha moment? What, what conversation sparked it? Sure. I think there were a couple different aha moments, and I believe that to be true with, with any 
any real startup that gets to scale, it's it's usually not just one idea. It's kind of a, a process of discovery and and uh, and execution. But the first aha was. I sat down, I, I firmly believe in, in customer discovery. I sat down with over 100 real estate agents just to understand what their business looked like. And I was, I was listening for, for, you know, top pain points. What's their number one frustration? And, you know, real estate agents have to run their whole business, everything from generating business all the way through to, you know, getting the home ready and going to closing and, and uh, all the way uh, to that signing paperwork. Yep. And their biggest frustration was that they didn't know where their next deal was coming from yeah, yeah, right yeah. and the minute they have three clients they're working with that takes up all their time and they don't really have time to go and they know they should the, the words i kept hearing was i know i should be right i have this huge pool of people that i should be doing more with and we've actually looked at the data now that we've mapped all their contacts we found that 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 feeling is backed by data top agents are missing two-thirds of the deals from people they already know so it's not like they don't have enough potential there they just don't have enough time and so th that was the first aha was, oh, my, wow, there is a hugely inefficient system that the last 10 years of technology has been missing. It's been missing it because yeah. the last 10 years of technology has tried to turn agents into marketers and help them generate yeah. leads. But they're out they're per, They're competing with Zillow and they're competing with all these others if they're trying to do it on their own or they're paying Zillow, you know, 50 to 80 percent of, of the you know profits they make off of any deals that come through. So. That was the first aha. The other was we had already we had already kind of built this first model just because it was it was fun to explore on the machine learning side. So we knew we could get ahead of that person becoming a lead, and we had some some early performance there. So that was enough to jump in. But candidly, I, I jumped in the same place that a lot of people do. I thought we were we were going to send better marketing for these agents because we know you know this is a 55 year old couple that's looking for a, to downsize. We know this is a first time you know family. So we thought, hey, we can send better marketing messages. And the second aha was when again when my wife came home and met with a real estate agent, and I realized that the reason all this marketing wasn't converting was but because of the conversation. If you're not in conversation as a service provider, it's just very, 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 very hard to differentiate and win business. And so that really shifted our whole product focus into how can we help maximize how much time our customers are getting face-to-face -face or on the phone with people that they should be talking to. Smart. I mean, that's a, indeed a, a number of things connecting together. Yeah. So, so what that's right now, and it's fun to see. The, the next question is, you know, how, uh, how do we get it to scale? Exactly. But I think that what's really fun to see is that when agents come in, they are so excited about how many people they're talking to who are thinking about selling that they go and don't tell anyone about it. <laughs> it, it it's there. It, they don't want anyone to know they have a secret weapon. So it's a, it's a huge challenge for us to grow our business because it's antiviral. <laughs> But it's really encouraging that we've built something that's genuinely valuable. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, for, for all of them, it's like, where can I sign up? It's competitive advantage. That's right. And then they don't want anyone else to know that they just won five deals in co 18 coffee meetings. So, yeah. Exactly. So we, we have, uh, but yeah, we're, we're really, we're excited to see that, you know, the core uh, technology is really valuable and we've had, you know, some acquisition offers, but re we really want to get this to scale because we think that, you know, back to your question of what, what does it look like if we're successful? You know, you've got a huge, all the contractors here in the U.S. are, they're 100% commission. So they get, they don't get paid if they don't close any deals. Their, their income, you know, fluctuates pretty dramatically. And when we can help them very consistently work the way they would like to work, 
by meeting with people and having conversations and really serving. They're, they're really great service providers. You know, the, the best ones are, are yeah. phenomenal and they know their market inside out. They have a great service provide. When we can help them with the how do I continue to win business side of their business in a better way that's really relationship driven. And the other part of this is it actually is getting better with every agent that comes on board because it learns, right? Sure. The whole thing is learning every month from which conversations based on what relationship led to what deals. So the 5,000th agent that comes on actually gets the benefit of the platform being trained by 4,999 others. So I think that the, the big win is that, you know, it, you know, three years from now, real estate agents will be, will be far more productive. And that either means they're going to have more time for their, for their clients right? Or they're going to be able to serve so many more clients that I think the prices is, are going to come down, which I think is a good thing for, for consumers. That's so anyway, that's, that's our, our broader vision there. <laughs> yeah. So, so from an architectural perspective, from an ID perspective, what, did you, what were the three things that you believe are what, what drives this, this, the power? Sure. Why, it's so, why it's so unique? Yeah, well, I think that one of the things is that the compute power and the and the machine learning models didn't exist 10 years ago. So the first thing we did was we took all of this all these data providers and we we pulled all the data together to see what would contribute. And the first thing you do is you go and you do logistic regression, right? You go and see, you know, what what how do each of these things contribute? What would happen before we go do anything really complex? And you can get some lift just out of knowing how long someone's lived in their home, et cetera. But what was fascinating to see was when you start throwing kind of cutting edge machine learning at this problem and the, the performance jump was staggering. And a lot of it is because it can look at all these nonlinear connections, right? If you knew that my wife and I were expecting our third child, that might make us 1.2 times as likely to sell. But if you know that, right, if you just knew we were expecting a child, but if you knew that, that we already had two children, we're living in a two bedroom townhouse and we make X number of dollars, et cetera, that might make us five times as likely to sell. Does that make sense? And right. so these new models, I call it our 31st employee because when we spin up this uh, computer, it costs us, you know, nine or $10,000 to run this model across the U.S., but they're yeah. incredibly powerful. And so being able to look back three years across 214 million people and 140 households on us, there's now new compute power that's, that's actually changed the performance there. And then the other side that's fun is, you know, that's the very, we can, uh, we've tuned that very well. And then the other side of can a machine being able to understand your relational depth you know, that you can have some simple rules engines, but now that we can throw things into and have it look, you know, in an, in an anonymized fashion, we're not having, you know, our team reading emails, but where it can start to, you know, do some natural language processing and stuff like that to understand how likely this person is to work with you. I think that's, uh, those are really, really exciting things. But, you know, I think that's the, the big takeaway is that some of the tech today didn't exist 10 years ago. Sure. Um, but at the same time, the same problems still exist in terms of how do you change behavior? And we've got, a, you know, 30, 40% of our users that uh, I'll sit down with them after they've been on the platform for seven months and say, how's it going? And say, well, I haven't really gotten around to it. And we pull up their app and of the 150 people, this was the top, one of the top agents in San Francisco, the 150 people our app had been recommending he follow up with, 42 of them had already sold. So better than one in four. And his eyes got big and went, oh my goodness, I need to hire another assistant. And I think that's the, the core thing here is, with any of these platforms is that behavior change is hard. Yeah. Right. And so that's where all of our product focus now is, is actually not necessarily improving the power of the analytics. Um, it's how do you create a, a, a delightful experience that, that people use on a day to day basis or what parts of this could we take off their plate and do for them? And that's where we're seeing dramatic adoption uh, shifts. That's something that I've heard a number of times in the podcast that I've done so far. That is not only about, you know, providing them with the answers, but actually taking them a step further. 
and uh, it really got changed behavior. That's right. Um, That's exactly. right. It really is. Cool. So, I mean, good quote from from Steve. I forgot his name. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, he was famous for his quote, like, "Innovation is not about what you do, but what you not do." Were there anything yes. that you that you said no to in order to yes. to do it way better? Yes, absolutely. I think that everyone and in different industries are coming to us wanting access to this data. And a lot of people in the real estate industries wanted to access this to better target their postcard marketing or, or their kind of blast email. Yeah. And we just kept saying no because we realized that less than 1% of the population makes their decision based on that. And it's just, a th- you know, a, even if we can hand them a 4X lift, it's just not that exciting and it's not better for the consumer to get blasted by more people. So we, we said no to a lot of things and had to have an opinion on what that new world is going to look like and what's a better way to work and, and how, how does relationship fit into that whole thing. So that's definitely part of it. I think at this, at this stage too, you know, there are a lot of other industries where the data that we're building up will be valuable, but we've had to say no right now, just in terms of focus. And so, you know, the, the mortgage industry, we have a lot of the home improvement groups here, the big, big builders and others that, that would like access. I think we will, we will partner with them down the road, but right now we've had to say no to help this core customer really implement and get this into their day-to-day workflow. And part of that is because when you have the second largest group of 1099 contractors that you can get to five transactions in 18 coffee meetings, and each one of those is worth six to $12,000 for them, uh, and is a meaningful portion of their income, I think we have something really exciting. So I don't want to get distracted by, you know, a small improvement in a Fortune 500 companies, you know, one of their marketing channels to new movers, when we can dramatically change the day-to-day life of these, of these service providers. Yeah, exactly. What, what was a breakthrough moment? When, when, is it really, when did it start to take off? That's a really good question. You know, for me, one of them was when we had a full year of predicted move data. And uh, I distinctly remember it was two years ago in March, and I was jumping up and down because the, the number, so, we, you know, this is where, you know, how, you know how modeling works. You, you have a holdout sample, you have a training sample, and you test sample, and you run it through. And you make your predictions. And then a year later, we looked at how it had performed. And it was so remarkably close. I was jumping up and down going, it works. And my data science team was looking at me going, of course it does. We have 214 million people. This is a big enough sample for this to be accurate. <laughs> you, know, you, think we've been, you think we've been lying to you this whole time? But for me, it was just amazing to see that it had actually worked. That, you know, that this, the, yeah. the model yeah. approach was there and that that's been improved. So I think that was the first one was just, just seeing the power, not just of models, but the power of, of this science to be able to forecast and know when you have a big enough sample, you have a big enough hold up that this is going to actually transpire in real life because we've been able to, to look back and do these analysis. That was really powerful. So the second breakthrough moment was, was even more dramatic. And that was, again, back to the top agent in San Francisco where we had we'd shown him 150 people that he should follow up with and had been reminding of that. And 42 of them sold, but he just hadn't gotten around to it. And when we started building services and little AI assistance and, and real assistance to take some of that office plate, all of a sudden it became a whole solution. Rather than just selling intelligence, now he could hand off a part of this follow-up and, and we would get him to those conversations yeah. uh, and tee them up for him. And I think that's been a huge step function change in adoption for us. I can imagine. So let me see. Were there, I mean, I think already, you, you already talked about it, but you're not focusing on it right now. But are there any su- surprising byproducts that you got from all the work that you've done so far? 
It's a good question. I think there were a couple interesting byproducts. One of them is we actually had to build in order to connect a, a real estate agent's relationships to this model we were tracking across the entire U.S., we had to build some complex technology about how to find out where people lived and what uh -huh. property they owned. And so that was an interesting, you know, at, at the time we were just heads down trying to serve our customers with who they knew that was going to sell. But what we ended up building is now one of the more valuable parts of the platform that a lot of uh, people want to license and, and, and buy from us, which is I can take Mike Schneider, of which there are, you know, 27 of me just here in the, you know, in the Raleigh-Durham area, and my email might get first.io and, and match it to, to three properties, right? And I think that's, uh, so that, that was an interesting byproduct. The other is I think there's always data exhaust and we don't talk about this too much, uh, partly because like I said, mentioned before, we're not, uh, we're not yet selling that, but there's data exhaust that comes off of this in terms of, you know, validated people who are going to move. It's no longer a prediction, right? But uh, a real estate agent sat down with 18 people and marked that these five are, are planning on selling in six months, and that's now a validated piece. I think at scale, some of those things become really interesting. Exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. That's where everybody, but you got your know, machine and human really working together in the other way again, around again to make that's right and feeding it back the other direction. That's right. Yep. Exactly. So, from all the things that you've learned so far, the, the, the tidbits of wisdom. What advice would you give to a to a real estate agent to uh, to do different from now on, or to to start thinking different? That's a good question. You know, I think one of the fun things for me in this space is that we kind of came full circle to the tribal wisdom, if you will, that investing in your relationships is so critical to building a healthy business. And I've realized that as a real estate agent, the only asset that you have are your relational connections that's the asset you've built up over 10 years, right? And so I would say, you know, now there's some great technology to help you know where to focus your efforts across the relational network you've already built. But the, the same truth, it's still the same truth that that those that is your best source of business. You could win more of that two thirds of the business you're missing if you just had a few more conversations with people at the right time. And now there's technology to point you in those directions. So I actually really like the fact that there's not some big, new, shiny object. It's the same thing, but now it's supercharged with intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, I recently uh, interviewed Paul Zashima from uh, Nudge, Nudge, Nudge.ai. Yeah. And he's uh, quoted also, uh, your, your network is your net worth. So yeah. that's, that's completely true. And there's so much to do with that. I mean, from, from so many different angles. Uh, you picked the, uh, the angle of the real estate agent, uh, but you could also connect this to, to suppliers, to well, anything at the end that is connected to a network or to yep. a relationship well, that, that requires relationship. So cool. So what's next for you? What is your great, greatest aspiration with this? Yeah, you know, I think that we would, we would like to be uh, the partner that helps with the relational side. There are dozens of companies helping real estate agents funnel leads through, you know, a marketing funnel. There just isn't really anybody at scale that, that truly helps focus their time better on the most important people, right? All the other solutions are very CRM, you know, last wave of CRM, right? You know, yeah. set up your marketing and, and let it run as opposed to knowing what's going on in your customers' lives that might prompt, you know, you to reach out in, in a more meaningful, timely way. So I think, you know, we would like to be the, the primary engine for driving business through relational connections. And the fun part of just how the math works is that as we get to scale, even at five or 10% adoption in the industry, we will actually connect more transactions, right, than any other platform or brokerage uh, in the industry. And so I think that's really 
that's a driving force for us is because when we can facilitate facilitate those relation those connections through relationship, I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities to help our service providers, you know, deliver other types of services and value through that network. And you know, but for right now, we want to we want to get scale and help you know the next 10,000 real estate agents you know grow their business uh, uh, the right way in a way that's going to continue to to pay dividends in the coming years, not just by buying another lead that you know when they turn off that lead funnel, it's over. Yeah, that's uh... That's cool indeed, and I agree with, uh, with what you've been saying there. It's, uh, it's that's completely true. So, one last question: If there's anything you could ask the audience, I'm not sure whether there are a lot of real estate agents at the other side, but for sure, uh, business software companies and, and and well, people of course that are buying homes at the end. But uh, if you could ask a question, what would you ask? How could they help you? That's a really good question. You know, I I am fascinated by others that are exploring how two things one you know how we can uh, help better facilitate you know human interactions right what we're talking about is relationships but relationships are just a you know a set of of, of meaningful connections and so you know i think that it's it, it, i've talked to people across a bunch of different industries even doctors you know i talked to a vc who invests in the healthcare space and he said it's becoming more and more about the human the patient doctor interaction because it's assumed they all have the same data and training Right. And so people are choosing their doctor based on their human interaction. And so I'm fascinated with companies that are focused on that. And how do, how do you facilitate that? How do we build technology to, to highlight that and help take more off people's plates to really, really drive the human connection? And then I think the other and, and very analogous piece to that, you know, is companies that are, that are looking at ways to kind of grow at and, and scale out, you know, some of these automated, you know, communication and services and, and changing behavior. So any, any app that is, you know, really tackling and whether this comes from fitness or dieting or others that has, has actually found that they can, through a, a, a technology interaction, drive behavior and really change, you know, how, how people do their day-to-day jobs or routines or set habits, I would love to compare notes. I think that's the biggest challenge for, for a technology period is we're all competing for attention. And when you're trying to change people's behavior and habits, you know, whether you're in the gaming industry or wherever, I would love to talk to people who have seen some real traction on projects that they've put out there that have, have, uh, have, gained, have changed people's behavior because I think that's, that's the biggest challenge we're facing. I agree. agree. I can definitely connect you to a couple of people there, but I'm sure there are other people on the line that they will be able to do as well. So where can people go to if they want to find more about FIRST or you? Sure. It's just first.io. And uh, that's our website. And you can, you can find my LinkedIn and Twitter and all that uh, on the website under the company page. Very good. Well, thank you, Mike. This was really inspiring. A different, uh, different angle on, on, on a topic that's, that I've been seeing uh, around for a, a number of times now. This is really something that's going to, uh, to explode in the future, I would say. So thank you for your time and uh, good luck with the business. Thanks, Don. I really appreciate it. It's been great to be on. Absolutely. Thank you. And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Mike Schneider, co-founder and CEO of FIRST. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be. 
to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations. And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.